Our readings today have this particular focus on Jesus as the Good Shepherd. St. Peter mentions that we had all gone astray like sheep, but we have returned to the shepherd and guardian of our souls. We returned, as St. Peter described in the Acts of the Apostles, after hearing the charisma, the gospel. For me, this happened in 1989 through the voice of my best friend who revealed God's love to me. It's worth recalling the voice of the Good Shepherd in your life. Where and how did you hear it first? There are many wonderful ways to preach about this gospel reading. There are many commentaries on its meaning, starting from the literal level of sheep and shepherds. However, I want to look at Psalm 23, and specifically one small verse. In in verdant pastures, he gives me repose. Doesn't that bring up the image of lush fields, perhaps the greenery of Kansas during this time? Here is the shepherd, the good shepherd, who invites us to rest in waist-high lush greenery, to eat until we're gluttonously full and recline, discussing with each other what the clouds overhead look like. Is that really what the Good Shepherd wants? There are so many romanticized views of Psalm 23 and even of our gospel reading. It often inclines us towards such a ridiculous view. Adding to the reality, we forget about the bugs already emerging, the mosquitoes ready to emerge and give me many kisses. They love me lots. The allergies infecting many people, myself included, and the painfulness of gluttonous eating in these fields. So what do verdant pastures really look like in the Holy Land? Having lived there for three months at one point in my life, I I remember being impressed by the number of rocks that exist over there. There are lots of them. And there's not much by way of green lush fields. And if there were, Farmers would be working hard to plant and harvest, not to have sheep trample and eat everything in sight. Now, there is grass, all right, but there are clumps of grass alongside the rocks. The moisture from the Mediterranean comes in. It's in the air and not so much in the ground, and it condenses on the rocks so grass grows alongside them. And this is the point about the verdant fields. If the sheep want to remain feeding, the shepherds have to keep them moving so they can have their fill during the day. They can't stay in one spot. Therefore, the repose of verdant fields comes when the shepherds keep the sheep moving along, even along the restful waters. So most of you are going home elsewhere, are going home or perhaps somewhere else during the summer, and some of you are graduating. Are you going to let the Good Shepherd lead you along verdant pastures such as these? For the world is not an easy place to maintain the faith. One could liken Benedictine College to the romanticized view of verdant pastures. And the world out there is, is the view of all the rocks with little tufts of grass, intermittently placed. 
as Father Simon and I have said before, and many of you have uttered this too, you're kind of spoiled here, aren't you? There are many opportunities for Mass and confessions and adoration and prayer on a daily basis. But as you know, not so much out there in the world. And so the first attitude to have in the world is to really trust in divine providence. It is this good shepherd that leads us through the verdant pastures. For the psalm is clearly about how we have a God who loves us and cares for us. And the biggest obstacle standing in the way of his love and his care is us, me. We are quite good at not allowing God to care for us. And then we usually end up blaming him for not caring for us. If we can go into the world with a correct view of God, we will be much happier. So therefore, we need a game plan in order to survive the summer and return back here or to find a parish which you can call home. The hardest part is that we are tired. We are tired from a semester of activity and study. The weight of finals has lifted or will have lifted soon. So what do we do? We collapse on a heap on the nearest couch and watch TV. We become couch potatoes, don't we? I mean, I deserve it, don't I? I've worked hard and I deserve some rest. Actually, you don't. Don't forget St. Peter's words. The devil is prowling around like a roaring lion, ready to devour you. Resist him, solid in your faith. St. Benedict warns us in his holy rule about the dangers of being idle. That is when we are prone to sin. So we cannot afford even a day of rest. Remember, there is no vacation from your vocation. You don't deserve rest because there is no genuine rest this side of heaven. You need leisure. Leisure isn't idleness. Being idle op opens the door to sloth, a kind of sloth in which even getting up to pray becomes a burden and leaves you open to sin. But leisure makes prayer a delight. Leisure involves doing those activities that lift you up, activities that are productive and godly, that give you a genuine spiritual rest, or at least a boost. So I have three suggestions for a game plan filled with leisure. First of all, pray daily. Whatever method you do, do it every day. Find a church to pray in, or if you can't go for whatever reason, Pull down a crucifix from a wall, hold it, and kneel down at your bedside and pray. What, you don't have a crucifix? Go buy one. As Jesus reminds us in the Sermon on the Mount, to go to your inner room and pray in secret. For whatever you do in secret, your heavenly Father will repay in secret. Not being able to pray because adoration is unavailable is just a stupid thought from the evil one. So remember to pray. We cannot spare a moment. We cannot use our idle time as a rest as an excuse not to pray. Second of all, to work. Of course, being Benedictine, you'll hear about prayer and work. 
do something with your hands. Don't go into the summer without a project in mind. Whether that's a summer job or learning a new hobby, it is worth doing some manual labor. It lifts us up in our humanity. This gets us connected to reality and can, can add beauty and creativity to the world around you. By the way, limit your time with technology. I can't help but wonder if our technological age has actually hurt us more than we realize. Now, there's so much more I can say about that that will have to be for another homily when you get back. But what has technology done to us? Thirdly, connect. Connect with family, friends, relatives, even strangers via charity. We were made for connection. We were made for genuine connection. Friends on Facebook isn't genuine connection. To really look into each other's eyes and to share from the heart. We have lost the art of really connecting with people. Revisit some old friends, make some new ones. Recently, I've heard of studies that purport that people don't make eye contact anymore, and that this little fact is a result from our technology use. That's very troubling if it is true. Find ways to connect with others, especially to look into their eyes encounter God's wonderful creation in that other person. Personally, I like having some summer reading. I have a number of books on monastic life that I plan to read this summer. I plan on renewing my prayer life, especially in the area of Lexio Divina, that has nourished me so much. I will have some jobs around the monastery. I'll get rid of a lot of my possessions in preparation for solemn vows. I will continue some work ministering to visitors to our campus and abbey this summer, especially with my role as retreat master. Then I plan on visiting with my dad and with some new friends. And with that, the summer will have gone by quickly. It always does. So why did I just share my summer plans with you? Because you should share them with one another. And by doing so, when you see each other again and say, how was your summer? Did you, were you able to go visit your dad this summer? You can hold each other accountable. So keep in mind that this plan of following the Lord should have no breaks, no idle time, no opportunities for the enemy to enter in, to allow the good shepherd to lead you along these verdant pastures. For these are the verdant fields the Lord will lead us across. Remember, there is no vacation from your vocation. I look forward to hearing about your summertime when you return in the fall. And for those of you graduating or not returning, I do hope to hear from you someday as to how the Lord has led you. So I will conclude with, a, as a priest friend of mine said before he died from cancer, he looked at everyone in the eyes and said, see you in the Eucharist. So when I go to adoration, when I pray, when I hold up the host at Mass, see you in the Eucharist. <laughs>